A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, first of all, I ask that supplications, prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings be offered for everyone, for kings and for all in authority, that we may lead a quiet and tranquil life in all devotion and dignity. This is good and pleasing to God, our Savior, who wills everyone to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, there is also one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as ransom for all. This was the testimony at the proper time. For this I was appointed preacher and apostle. I am speaking the truth, I am not lying. Teacher of Gentiles in faith, and truth. It is my wish then that in every place the men should pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument.
When Jesus had finished all his words to the people, he entered Capernaum. A centurion there had a slave who was ill and about to die, and he was valuable to him. When he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and save the life of his slave. They approached Jesus and strongly urged him to come, saying, He deserves to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he built the synagogue for us. And Jesus went with them. But when he was only a short distance from the house, the centurion sent friends to to tell him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and let my servant be healed. For I too am a person subject to authority, with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come here, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning, said to the crowd following him, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. When the messengers returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. All throughout the four Gospels, there are only two recorded instances when it is said that Jesus is amazed. I would imagine that it's not so easy to amaze our Lord about anything. And the first time is when Jesus comes to his hometown of Nazareth and teaches in the synagogue. He is amazed by their lack of faith. And so he only performs a few healings there. The second time is found in today's reading. Jesus is amazed by the faith of a centurion, a pagan, a man who is not a child of Israel. Hence the contrast between the faithlessness of the people of Nazareth and the faithfulness of this Roman officer is striking. The Israelites should have been the most prepared for the coming of the Messiah into the world. They were God's chosen people with whom the Lord established a covenant. They received the law of Moses, the law of God through Moses, witnessed God's wonders as he led them out of Egypt through the desert and into the promised land. They were beneficiaries of God's covenantal promises, and they were the first to hear God's promise of a new and everlasting covenant. They would have been familiar with the messianic prophecies, 
And so they should have been able to recognize the Messiah when he came. The Israelites were given every conceivable grace and blessing from God. And yet the faith of many in Israel is found lacking at the coming of Jesus Christ. In contrast, Jesus finds more faith in a Gentile than he does in all of Israel, a Gentile who did not have all of these benefits that Israel enjoyed. The faith of the centurion is a sign of the new dispensation of grace that comes with the new covenant and with the establishment of the church. The children of Abraham, our father in faith, will no longer consider to be merely those who are his natural descendants. Rather, all of those who have faith in Christ are counted as children of Abraham. Hence, by faith, the centurion is more of a child of Abraham than any of the physical descendants of Abraham in Israel. What exactly did Jesus find so impressive about the faith of this centurion? Well, first, the centurion displayed a humble deference and respect for Jesus and his divine identity. The centurion senses his unworthiness to have the divine Messiah enter his home. He knows that Jesus does not have to travel all the way to his home to heal his servant. The Lord simply needs to say the word, to issue a word of command. And second, the centurion has a simple understanding of the power and authority of Jesus. He's perhaps heard of Jesus' healings and miracles already. And whereas the people in Jesus' hometown were incapable of recognizing his authority to heal and to cast out demons, the centurion immediately recognizes the authority of Jesus. The centurion is accustomed to giving commands and to receiving commands and having them carried out by his servants. He knows that Jesus likewise has authority, an authority to heal. And when Jesus speaks the word, his word accomplishes the purpose for which he sent it. So it seems that our Lord is amazed when he finds a lack of faith where faith is supposed to be strong. And he is also amazed when he finds faith in unexpected places. The centurion is lifted up as a model of faith among believers. Having faith in Christ that is simple and the centurion does not complicate it in any way. His faith was pure, humble, and simple. And the church recalls the centurion's faith every day at Mass as we appropriate his words to ourselves before receiving Holy Communion. The church is telling us, adopt the centurion's disposition towards Jesus, towards 
Holy Communion, the Blessed Sacrament. We are called to have this simple, humble faith, knowing that the Lord has the power and authority to save and to sanctify us, and that he is bringing his work of salvation to completion in all of those who love him, who love, love their neighbor, and keep his commandments.